thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to another edition of 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I'm here with the sensational co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He is the legend, Dr. Damien Christoph, chiropractor. How are you, Damo? <laughs> well, Marcus, very well. Very excited now. I'm pumped for this interview. Uh, that's the way. Pumped. We are very excited because, you know, Damo, we've done 20-odd editions of 100 Not Out now, already and I think we, uh, yeah, already in last week we had... Um, Alan and Jeanette on who were 250-odd marathons through their magnificent journey. Um, But you know what? Someone else who is uh, not just very good at a marathon but very good at running a marathon after a marathon after a marathon is one of our very close friends on the wellness couch. And and I'm speaking of none other than Up For A Chat's Kim Morrison. And I thought, you know what? Why don't we get Kim on to talk about not just running marathons but really Kim is 45. She is a sensational model of health. You're just being around Kim. Doesn't look no, forty five. It does not at all. Not at all. Uh, you are just really sucking up to her, aren't you? No, no, not at all. Oh, she man. doesn't. Look at her. Look, I'm looking But look, I just thought it would be great to get Kim on because there's a lot of people that listen to this program that are in their forties. And I said to Kim, I don't know that there's a lot of people in their forties that are aging all that well. I think, you know, we often talk about aging well from a 60, 70, 80 year old perspective, but people in their forties aren't doing it that well. And I thought, who is doing it well? And the name Kim Morrison came to mind. So Kim, a very warm 100 not out. Welcome to you. Oh, thank you. You are very sweet, the peer of you. I love it. And I love the fact that you think I'm under 40, Damo. I, you know, rock star status stays with you. Oh, thanks, Kim. Thanks. Uh, no, Damo with... thought you were 25, Kim. He just didn't know how you had kids. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to look at that. How do you have kids that old? Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Now, Kim, I, I want to ask you from the top. You're 45. Um, you were on a, a, a cover this year of Profile Magazine. This was some months ago. Drew lots of attention. For some people, they would say I drew attention for all the wrong reasons. For someone like myself, um, I'd say I drew attention for all the right reasons. Do you want to just maybe share with people what it was, uh, why it caused an uproar, and then maybe we can discuss why maybe it shouldn't have caused an uproar? Yeah, sure. Look, look at as you can imagine, being asked to be on the cover of a magazine is is quite a um, an honour in its first place. Um, Profile Magazine is a business magazine here on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland, and it really highlights businesswomen that are doing remarkable things. So you can imagine my delight when they asked. Um, then Janine, the editor, carried on and said, "And there's just one other request we think with you on the cover." And I said, "Oh, what's that?" And she said, "Well, we'd like you to do it naked." And I kind of um, <laughs> just slipped that one in there. <laughs> yeah, how's that? I said yes. Um, and look, it was a real big, it was a confrontational thing for me in one respect. One instance, I kind of went, yeah, sure. Then the other side of me was like, oh my gosh, how? What's this going to mean to my kids? We're at a private school. What will the parents think? What will my husband think? So I, I said to her, could you leave it with me? And I rang Danny, my husband, and I asked the children that night at dinner, and they were all like, yeah, mum, rock it. Wow, that's cool, you know. And so I kind of thought, well, if I had their three approval, it would be all right. So 
I went back to her saying yes, and um, and then I was a little bit nervous because you know my message, my goal in teaching men and women, but predominantly women, is about feeling comfortable in our skin no matter what our age. And to me, wrinkles don't matter. It's about that inner light, that inner spark, that that wonderful, I don't know, feeling of life and vitality is what to me makes someone so beautiful and attractive. So I really had to, you know, go by what I teach and accept this challenge. And so there we were on the day of the photo shoot and I'm sitting there starkers with the photographer and the and everybody and I'm sitting there feeling a little bit self-conscious and certainly outside of my comfort zone. But you know what, they did it so tastefully and so beautifully and all of a sudden it sort of hit me, you know, what's wrong with being raw and real and and I guess that's why they wanted me naked was to show the authenticity of us being real raw um, being proud of our bodies because so many of us out there are not proud of our bodies and and really just celebrating what it is to be a woman in her mid 40s I I am surprised guys that I was 40 I am 45 and I was on the cover of a magazine naked it was quite a it was quite an an occasion I can tell you I think I think just from a body image perspective it's a massive compliment because how many people out there who are even 25 you know would feel like someone would come up and ask them to be on the front cover of a magazine so I think it's a massive compliment to be asked at 45 to be on a cover yeah, it was. And, and I think my first reaction to Janine was, look, I'm not, I haven't got a body like Michelle Bridges, though. You can't put me on the cover. And, and she kind of went, oh, my gosh, Kim. And, you know, and she, did, she told me to pull my head in, which is what I tell <laughs> other people to do. So it was like, yeah, good reminder. Yeah, wow. Well, that that would bring a whole new meaning to bedside photo, I think, for Danny. But uh, that's, uh, <laughs> you know, good on you, Danny. Congratulations. Um, Kim, there's not many people that do get asked that question, you know, can you jump on the front cover magazine? Obviously, there's a few big names that spring to mind, Elle McPherson, um, yourself, and so, you know, you're in good good stead there. What are the things that you do on a daily basis to keep yourself looking so excellent and amazing? Um, you know, obviously, there must be some kind of a routine that you do. Yeah, look, I think I'm very blessed from a young age. I got the, I really got the message that that beauty is an inner, an inner side of life, really. It's not just the outside. And, and ironically, I've gone into the whole beauty industry and I work in the industry. I've created my own natural skincare range and essential oil range. And, and everything I teach is around self-care rituals. And I think probably without me even realizing it, um, I, from a very young age, created a, a lot of rituals, and that included stuff for the mind, like I've always loved meditation and prayer. Now, I'm not someone who does it all the time, and I'm not someone who can honestly say to you, I meditate every day, twice a day, 20 minutes at a time. I don't. I've also looked into meditation as a form of being – I really loved one book I read um, which was all about mindful meditation, meaning just being aware, being in the presence. So for me, going for a run is a form of meditation. Um, and in fact, I'm taking care of two things at once then. I'm, I'm actually keeping fit, but I'm also having some time out. And often I actually listen to the wellness guys or 100 Not Out. It's hilarious. I'm always listening to podcasts when I'm running. So I'm also educating myself all the time. And I think really rituals is the thing that if if and that's what Cindy and Karen keep saying to me. That's your key thing that you're on about is rituals. And, and you know, I do things like a daily body boost every single day from the age of 20. I have done a full body massage on myself every morning and most nights. I've seen you I, demonstrate that, by the way. <laughs> I have, I have. Live on stage. Live on stage. Time. That's right. That's right. Not, I mean, not in the raw, of course, but I've seen you do. I've have uh, seen you demonstrate that. And it is, it, it is quite a ritual, and you do promote that. And 28, your company, your natural... 
um, cosmetic company is outstanding by the way I'll, I'll say that uh, we use your stuff at home Amber loves it it's great um, uh, you hit the nail on the head I think from a rituals point of view and I think that the listeners are wanting to you know, certainly the listeners of 100 Not Out wanting to learn how to age well and um, feel as good as what they do and I think that part of uh, as far as look as good as feel as good as what you look I think is what people want to do but part of that is that inner confidence I think Kim which you exude um, and the rituals around your inner confidence, I think, is is really important. What what are those things? You know, it's it's a really good question because how do we get that inner confidence? And you know, it's very easy to have confidence shattered, isn't it? And it's very easy to feel like you're not good enough. And oh, yeah. I think. Um, you know, when we compare ourselves to others, that can often be our undoing. Um, but I think for me, what it really is, 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 is never giving up, you know, like, I'll give something a try. And if it doesn't work, I'll try again. Or if it's, maybe it's not meant to be, and therefore, I'll give something else a crack. Someone said to me the other day, if I could sum you up in one, you know, in, in one kind of phrase, I think my phrase for you is never, ever, never give up. And I thought maybe, Maybe that's a part of an inner confidence. To me, I don't see any failures as a wrongdoing. I see it as a lesson and I see it as a wonderful opportunity to either grow from it, hopefully, or also to change course or maybe change, adjust my sales somehow to make it feel right. So I think one of the best things I learned from my beautiful 95-year-old grandmother is there is no wrongs. There's just lots of lessons. And I think that's really put me in good stead for all the so-called wrongs. And I trust me, there's lots. And I could, I could rattle off a whole lot of things that have been could be seen as wrong. But for me, it's really there's no wrongs. There, there is no accidents. There's no shame in who we are. Sometimes we go off track. Sometimes we gain weight, or we um, we don't stick to our exercise regime the way we'd like to. But my whole philosophy is, you know, don't look at any of this as a as a life sentence in a negative way. I look at everything I do as a life sentence, um, and life being the gift. So I have a different connotation to life sentence. I think, you know, the greatest gift in this is to have life, and I believe we all need to take greater care of the privilege. And maybe that's just something I've always really, really appreciated. I know how quick life can end. And my beautiful grandmother always said to me, you know what, Kim, the worst thing about getting old, and I thought she was going to give me this amazing thing about how hard it is being old. And she said, I said, what is it, grandma? And she said, it's not getting old. And I thought, oh my gosh, you're right. There's no alternative. We either get old or we're dead. We're we're not here. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing. So it's almost like, well, then why are people fearing it so much? Um, Okay. So you talk about this inner confidence. Damo, great question, by the way. Oh, thanks. Um, Thanks, Marcus. But um, you talk about this inner confidence, but my view on confidence is that you only get confidence from from challenge. And you said that you've had plenty throughout your life. But let me just put my journalist hat on for a bit and just say, would you be happy to share some of your challenges of life so that just to make it a bit more real for people that are that are listening because I think the challenge we have is is especially just the way we consume information these days is we don't see and hear much of people's challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, so would you be happy to share some of your, uh-huh. your great challenges that you think have made you the woman that you are today? Sure. It's Have we got a one-hour show or a two-hour show? Or what? <laughs> We're a 20-minute show. 20 minutes. Dot <laughs> <laughs> points, bullet points. Okay, let me give you bullet points. <laughs> no, no, don't. Well, Come on, give us the real I mean, deal. I could give it to you right from a young age. At nine years of age, my sister and I were sexually abused. We went through the whole court system to get this guy and he was put in jail. My mum and dad separated when I was nine years of age and my beautiful other grandmother died. At the same time that you went through the whole court 
Yeah, yeah, it was all big. And and my grandmother died at the same time, my other one. So nine oh, for right. me was a big age. And then, you know, through but you know, that that didn't that didn't stop me. It just it was a bit of a dent in the road, but it didn't stop. But you know, and I could look back at things like, you know, unfortunately for, for Danny and I, my husband and I, we had a really tough last couple of years where, you know, we lost our house in a property deal that went wrong, that we trusted people and we just didn't think anything could possibly go wrong, but it did, it went majorly wrong. Then we sold the last property that we had and invested all our money into a, a nationwide corporation here in Australia, which went bust three months later. So we lost all of that. Oh. Yeah. And then amongst all of that, sadly and very tragically, my, my dear husband's sister tragically took her life after a major psychotic episode. And we lost that. And as a consequence of that, my husband went into a major state of depression. And and, you know, like, and then his dad tried to take his life. And then, you know, my computer crashed with 3,000 photos on it. And I know that seems insignificant, but it was just it like... Stack it on top of another yeah. and it's, yeah. yeah. It's and huge. then my cat got put down at the same time. And it was at that point I fell in a heap and I kind of thought, you know, and then a friend handed me a book called Why Bad Things Happen to Good People. And I think I just lost it at that moment, realizing that, you know, as Marlon Brando said in an interview I watched years ago, no one escapes the meat cleaver. The meat cleaver comes down in life at some point. It's a case of how we get back up after it. So, you know, look, yeah. I've had lots of knockbacks and setbacks and, yeah, there's been some pretty tough, you know, money losses and, and, and relationship issues. And But you know what? It's As I say it, I, I kind of roll it off my tongue, but I – I, I don't mean to put no meaning into it because at the times they each had massive meaning. But for me, it's like, okay, well, it's not going to define me, but it's going to help make me. Mm. So how do I move forward from this? And I'm pretty lucky I have quite a positive outlook on life. And I, I don't know if I was born with that or whether I've just grown up with that or what it is. I had a very gutsy mother who never gave up either. And she had me at 16 years of age. And whether or not we grew up together, I don't know. But I don't know, honeys. I reckon it's just a case of never, ever giving up and, and looking at every challenge rather than seeing it as an obstacle. It's a challenge, you know. So for me, it's, yeah, you, you can't knock me down easily. Okay, so so here's, here's what I notice in. So you've got a lot of people in the world who actually have aged well and they have had, you know, like you've had very challenging lives. Um, I, I often talk about Alice Hertz Sommer, who's the oldest Holocaust survivor in the world. She's 109. And she went through the Holocaust. So clearly you don't have to have a cushy life in order to live a long life. Mm. But now that you've gone through all this challenge and you've come out the other end, what do you think has been, you know, what got you out of it? Like what did you do? What did you think? Um, who did you surround yourself with? Like what do you think were the tips to your success in coming out of it? Because the, all the stuff that's happened to you, which, you know, I've just – don't know how people can live through all of that because I've lived such a cushy life when you look at it. But all of the things that have happened to you, like a lot of people don't get past it. It does define them. It does become part of their story. They don't get out of it. They live a life on, you know, medications or uh, challenges. Like what do you do? Oh, you know, that is such a good question because I, I can be a bit brutal with people that go into victim mentality and I don't mean to put people down for that. But And I'm happy to wallow in a little bit of pain at times. But what I struggle with is when people choose to stay in that victim mentality and and not try and strive to pick themselves up. Look, we all hurt. We all go through challenges. There's no one that I know, and even you saying you've had a cushy life, Marcus, at the end of the day, you know, it, it doesn't matter what our – because for some people – 
some people being being sexually abused is a massive hurdle and other people losing all their money is a massive hurdle and other people, their dad not telling them they loved them is a massive hurdle. So I think it's a case of perspective. But for me, whenever I'm up against a challenge, the one thing I know, if I do not look after this body, this vehicle that gets me through and so graciously gets up every day whenever I demand for of it and does things for me whenever I put pressure on it, if I can look after that body as a, as a way of thanks, then it's going to get me through those times. So my rituals very rarely stop. In fact, probably when I'm stressed, I exercise more. Um, my oils are a godsend. I use them all the time. There's not a day that's gone by in the last 26 years, hand on heart, that I have not used my essential oils. They become like an aromatic anchor for me for times of challenge, but also uplifting times. And Damo, you know, you'll totally appreciate this. Food is the most important thing of all when it comes to obviously giving your body when it's under stress the right fuel so that it can support you to get through the ability to challenge yourself mentally and emotionally and spiritually when you're being under when you know when you're under challenge like that so i am vigilant when it comes to food i probably got that message very young at 19 years of age i was an athlete as a teenager so i probably got to really appreciate how it is my fuel it's not an emotional point for me food for me is fuel so if I had one piece of advice it would be make sure you've got your food right because then if you're eating right you can actually think right which can support your emotional stability and etc yeah. does, does that make sense yeah, totally it's very refreshing to hear the other day and look I know the people that you surround yourself with Karen I'm a Kim I was going to talk about Karen right now right so <laughs> we, we've got another dear friend Karen who also went through periods of time in her life in fact a very traumatic period of time in her life where that also sent her in a bit of a spin a downward spiral um, and her mindset also was to just wake up give herself a bit of a kick in the pants and get on with it and just get going now this ruffles some people's feathers because when you um, suggest that maybe it's a decision to actually take yourself out of the humdrum and the and you know a bad state or a sad state or a challenging part of your life, many people like to go, well, hang on a second, I've heard that uh, depression or anxiety or anything like that is a chemical problem. It's it's multifaceted that uh, it's all you know outside of my control. People like to actually play that particular card, and I'm okay with people playing that particular card, but I also like the point that you made. And that was that I could have chosen to stay in there and gone further down, but I made the choice of actually not letting myself go down that path and went in a different direction. And I think that's a really defining point that, yes, it's a multifaceted problem, depression, absolutely. But at some point, you've got to make a decision, okay, I'm going to get out of this thing, as opposed to I need to take some drugs to keep me going. Does that, would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, for with living with a man, a husband who went through depression, I watched him each day get up with this heavy, heavy load on his shoulders. And it didn't matter what I said or how I said it or what I did. And I certainly supported him nutritionally. But when he was away traveling and working and, you know, he would drink alcohol and he would smoke a cigarette because it was easy. And that's what all the other commentators were doing. And that's at the sports circle. And, and I lost a lot of respect for him out of that um, because for me it was like, you know, you're someone who's lived at the high end of life. Yeah, you've had some tough things and I'm not underestimating us and as a man losing all our money and, and then, of course, losing his sister. But I said to him at one point, if you want to age and you want to grow old with me, you're going to have to kick yourself up the butt and you're going to have to man up 
and actually mm. do this and we're going to get through this together. And ironically, we were in an India when we did it at that time and we were climbing up the side of um, the Himalayas and I looked at him and he w- he sort of put a bit of a, oh gosh, this is going to be hard look. And I looked at him and I'm probably a bit hard, guys, so I'm probably not the nicest one to have on I'm your I'm looking show. forward to what you said here. I'm on the, I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I looked and I said, you know what? This mountain is our marriage and if you are going to put one foot in front of the other, I'm right beside you. But if you so much as sit on your chuff and look at your life and think, woe is me, this is a pity, then guess what? I'm going separate ways, which means divorce is on the card. So either you get up and you move with me and we conquer this outcome and this hideous thing that we've had to go through together and I'll be there for you, but I need you to man up. And he looked at me and I looked at him and I thought, I didn't even realize that really the words came out of my mouth, but probably being a personal trainer, I can take an excuse once or twice, but on the third time, I'm really not into your excuses. I want you to get up off your butt and move forward one foot in front of the other and do not stop. I don't care if you're only crawling, but for God's sake, move, take action, do something that has a positive outcome, whether or not it's to learn or to grow or whatever, read, fight, walk, get out there, eat well, do not give in and become a victim, which is the easiest thing. It's easy to quit, guys. It's easy to sit there and not eat well. It's easy to say it's not fair or like Karen says, I've been blown up or or Danny said, I lost my sister and I've lost all my money. Like, yeah, I get it. And I'm so sorry that that's happened to anybody that's gone through challenge. But the one thing I have learned is that no one really cares. And I'm really sorry to say that. But other people, they'll care for a little while. But really, at the end of the day, what we want to hear from each other is how great life is and what you're doing. And, and I'll support you through a challenge. In fact, I'll listen about your challenge if you're willing to support yourself through it and move and keep moving forward and grow from it. But if you're going to sit there having a pity party, then you're probably going to attract pity partiers with you or you'll have someone like me beside you saying, we can do this. And I'll I'll walk with you every single step if I see you wanting to do that. And I'm there for you. And I hope, like anything, that I have people beside me if I'm ever in that situation. That's my only wish. You're an inspiration. Sorry, Damo. No, that just would have called me to action. You know, yes. I, would have, I would have gone, yep, all right, let's go yep. for a job. I would, I would have scooted right past the community, <laughs> climb up the mountain. Right. Let's go, oh, let's go, let's go. I'd be like, you better follow me, Kim. I'm going yeah. this mountain. Yeah, yeah. Catch up with yeah. me if you can. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Hey, Kim, one more question. Uh, this has been very inspiring. Thank you so much. But one more question, which I, I know Damo would love to know, and I'm sure our listeners would like to know. Your daily food ritual. Give us a rundown from breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks. What's a typical day in the life of Kim Morrison's diet? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I love food. Food. I live for food. <laughs> so, um, but really, in all honesty, I wake up in the morning. I love having a big glass of water and I'll sometimes squeeze a lemon in that. My dentist told me that lemon all the time isn't good for our teeth. So I kind of took that one on board. But I certainly have my water every morning. And then I make up a concoction of beautiful Cindy O'Meara's stuff with my beautiful green food, colloidal minerals, probiotics, and my camu camu, my vitamin C. And I do that in a shot of coconut water. And then my breakfast will be anything from a smoothie, which I make with real nuts and seeds and dates and and my homemade cashew or almond milk or even coconut water. And I'll put kale and I'll put berries and I'll put a banana in there. I just love my shakes. Mm. And if it's not a shake, I'll have always, you know, I'm not a vegan, but I, I don't eat meat, but I'll have eggs. So I'll do, if I don't have a shake, then I'll definitely have some form of protein for breakfast because what I have learned, particularly through Damo and, and Cindy is, you know, I want to release uh, dopamine. I want to feel better. I want to feel uplifted and I want to have things, things that are going to give me energy. So protein is very big for me in the morning. Um, fruit is my absolute choice of, of snacking and carrots with hummus. I'll make my own hummus. 
Um, lunch is always lots, as many greens as I can have. I'll have a big salad. My grandma, her philosophy in life was meat and three veg. And now the way I look at society is eating. I don't think meat and three veg is such a bad option anymore. If, you know, um, packaged foods and, and all these made up foods just do not light my boat or float my boat anymore at all. Um, and then lunch, and I'll always have a bit of protein, so either an omelette again or maybe a little bit of chicken or I love fish cooked in a little bit of coconut oil. Um, and then I'll have dinner is pretty much the same, um, but I'll make it a little bit more fancier perhaps and I'll dress up myself. Now, my salad dressings are simple things like lemon juice and balsamic vinegar. I know that probably sounds really boring, but I absolutely love it. And I crush up herbs out of my garden and I sprinkle that on things and I don't know, my desserts, I always like, say I love sweets and I do have a, a book called Like Chocolate for Women, so it would be remiss of me not to say that there's not <laughs> some sort of chocolate in there. And hold on, didn't you do 53 Shades of Chocolate with Cindy? Yeah, 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 we did a recipe book because we both love chocolate and we see it as a, I, I don't know if you'd say chocolate's a health food, but certainly the way we make it, it's a health food, which is using cacao wafers. And my sweet treat is having raw, like I make a beautiful raw cashew cheesecake or a raw cacao nut balls and things like that. So they're my little gotta love the thermomix don't you gotta love the thermomix oh, yeah. <laughs> <I love my laughs> that's how you make them people I, be going how do i make all that stuff gotta yeah, get yourself a thermomix. Know, gotta get a thermo yeah i love it but at the same time if i'm away and i don't have a thermomix that's not an excuse not to eat well either that's so true. And there's I'll, always forage. I, I noticed you haven't said forage yet, but uh, I, she puts forage I, in her smoothies. I, I think I'll have to send I some tasted, of that to you, Kim. I tasted your forage down at the Wellness Summit, and I, I will be honest, I was a bit skeptical at first because you know the whole thing with cereals and things yes, like that. Yes. And oh my gosh, I realised, and I'm really sorry for this. I did not realise what was in your forage, and I'm totally, you know, that you know what I had because my girlfriend next to me had some coconut yogurt. I got some of your forage and put that. Co- that to me is would be a quick breakfast if I'm in a hurry, you know. It's like a Mouthgasm. Oh my gosh, it is such a mouthgasm. My word for it is oral gratification. Oral gratification all the way. Kim, you have been an angel joining us on 100 Not Out. Thank you so much and continue to age gracefully. You have been an absolute joy to speak with on this edition. Damo, we've run out of time on 100 Not Out. What a show. Um, So we'll do it all again next week. Uh, Remember, folks, we'd love to hear your feedback. You can provide it in any number of ways, but the best way is to go to our website at www.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 Not Out. Also, if you've liked this episode, then please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Feel free to give us five stars. And remember, check out thewellnesscouch.com where you can view the entire range of wellness podcasts available. I may as well say this, including The Wellness Guys and Up for a Chat with Kim. So until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Hi, Damien Christoph from 100 Not Out here. Wow, what a wellness summit we had in Melbourne. 600 people filled the Crown Conference Centre to listen to Cindy O'Meara and her Up For A Chat colleagues, David Gillespie, Ron Ehrlich, Nicole Bilgema and the Wellness Guys, of course. And guess what? We recorded every single minute of it. That's right. You can see nine world-class speakers with over seven hours of footage in the comfort of your own home. How cool is that? The best news is, until midnight Saturday the 7th, September 2013, this pack is just $147. Then it'll go to $197. So to pre-order your Wellness Summit Home Study Program for just $147, go to www.thewellnesscouch.com and click on Shop. 
Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.